One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. How you day? How you day? It's your boy Ty Roxon and I'm back again with another episode. Sorry this was a little later. Uh I still have promised you all that I'll never miss a week and I haven't missed a week, but uh I've been dealing with a cold throughout this week so I couldn't put it out early in the week. But made it before the week ended and that's what's important. I want to talk about today's today's guest. Today's guest is Erkaita and you're going to find out why he changed his name from originally Elijah Bryant, which is what I initially knew him as. We talk about the art of reinventing yourself. His story as you will find out is one of interesting ups and downs. You know, the circumstances he grew up in were one where it's easy to give up in, but he for some reason was able to understand how to see past those hardships and move towards a path that was more suited for leadership. I hope that as you're listening to this episode you're able to find yourself in in, in a story and understand that you have a bigger purpose here on earth. You have a mission that is yet to be realized if you haven't realized it and you are uniquely made to make an impact. A really really fun episode. Uh he's a good guy. I've known him for a little bit and I'm really glad that he's he's sharing his story right now. So Hope you enjoy the episode and please don't get sick. <laughs> enjoy the episode. Talk to you soon. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready. Take some notes and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today we are with someone who's about to be a nomad. He's going to tell us a lot about that uh, very soon, but his name is Eric Aita and he is someone who describes himself as an entrepreneur before he knew what the word was you know even before he had his own birthday cake at 4 years old he was always interested in knowing what it was like to have a business venture he grew up in a single parent home and he learned the valuable lesson uh, lesson of hard work um of hard work and also adopted some habits around money he's also a firm believer in adjusting and making sure that you adjust the circumstances around you he's seen god's grace firsthand in form of blessings and they've come at the most crucial times for him his career path is very non-linear he's someone who's appeared on BET's 106 and Park as a hip hop artist he's also um someone who has a forex company 
And now he is someone who's helping to build the next set of global leaders. We're very, very excited to have you on the show here, Eric. Thank you. Thank you, Tayo. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it so much. Well, the pleasure's mine. And I have, I'm trying to think of which way to start here. Because the first time I met you, your name was Elijah Bryant. Now, yes. your name is Eric Keita. Keita. Uh, and uh-huh. I am so fascinated to know what led to that name change. And then let, let's start there and then we'll go into your earlier years. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, at the end of the day, we all know that, especially with most um, African-Americans, that our last names aren't truly our last names. Uh, mm. We know that at the end of the day, you know, our ancestors were you know, really forced into those last names. And, you know, I just look back at the fact of if you were Bryant and then, you know, your family was sold off, then automatically they could be a Smith the next day. So I just look at being, it's very important for you to know who you are. Um, and, you know, I just found that out uh, an early going, like you said, with being an entrepreneur for as long as I've lived, but just knowing who you are and creating that balance is definitely a very quintessential part of success. So as I was learning who I am and still learning who I am, uh, a very crucial part of that was just finding out who my true ancestors were. Um, just doing different research on my ancestry, going back and doing a lot of due diligence on that. I found that I'm actually a descendant of the richest man to ever have lived on earth. Wow. This man was Mansa Musa Keita. Keita. And, you know, he was, uh, yes, yes, Keita gang. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> I said it right. He was the richest, the richest man ever to have lived. And, you know, you can look up uh, the different things and you'll find that his wealth was so, he was so wealthy that they don't even know exactly how much money that he did have. Um, so, you know, he, he was the type of guy, well, he owned all half of the gold in the entire world. Um, half of the salt and half of the gold in the entire world. Wow. Uh, Hajj to Mecca, whenever he did his Hajj to Mecca, everywhere that he went, the price of gold fell dramatically just because he had so much of it. Tens of thousands of camels and men that had pounds and pounds of gold in his, you know, in his whole caravan that was traveling on the Hajj. So just to look at that, you know, I look at that as a much more important legacy and and it's true to who I am. It's the actual blood that's running through my veins. So I decided to go ahead and change my last name from Bryant to Keita to represent that, that true legacy. And it just reminds me every day that, hey, I'm a descendant of the richest man ever. His story is so great. Uh, Not many people know about it, but again... You guys look it up, Mansa Musa. Uh, most most sources will have him as Mansa Musa first, but his name is uh, Mansa means king, and a lot of people think that his first name was Mansa, but no, that just means king. His name was Musa Keita, and again, the first king um, of the Mali Empire, and created by Sundiata Keita. I've done a lot of research, so I'm like spitting out all these facts. I'm all like proud of my case. Like, yeah. You know, again, you know, just, just a little bit about him again, because I'm so proud of him. Never met him a day of my life, but I just feel so proud to have found that I am a descendant of. And, you know, he's going through these different places, and literally he is giving gold to everybody that passes. He's like, here. Can you imagine just giving gold out? I'm not giving no gold out. I not mean, your boy. I, I'm not. I, 
you 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 must be some kind of rich to do that. Yeah, that that is that is insane. And uh, thank you for sharing that. You not only have you educated us and you know someone who isn't talked about enough, but it's an interesting exploration for you know someone like me who grew up everywhere. But hearing you talk about how you made it an, an intentional purpose to find out the origins behind your name. Um, you know, my last name is Roxon, and I've always been curious as to. Who who's behind Roxon? Because I, you know, I'm not I'm not African American. I'm from Nigeria, so I I was born and raised in Nigeria for most of my life, and um, it, it was always interesting for me. Uh, before I started traveling to different parts of the world, I was always like, I wonder how we got the name Roxon, and it's still something I'm working on. So hearing how you found out the origin of yours is, is definitely inspirational to, to to me for that. Yes, definitely. And then my first name. Uh, we'll get into the single mother uh, household, but my first name, I was named after my father, you know, Elijah Bryant III. Right, so right, right. I have a relationship with him. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not my, my choice, but I don't have a relationship with him. So for me, I just look at the word heir, uh, H-E-I-R, and I was like, ooh, that's a cool name. But I wanted to be able to represent God, my father in heaven, because my father on earth just wasn't there for me. So I, I wanted to keep a name that started with E, though. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to take the H off of air because we are all heirs to our heavenly father's throne. Mm. And uh, that's how I came up with air, E-I-R instead of H-E-I-R. And, you know, it's, it's just stuck. And, and I, I looked it up on Instagram and nobody had it. So I said, oh, all right, there we go. Air Kaida. Air Kaida. <laughs> well, Air Kaida, tell us about, you touched on it there. Talk to us about your early years. You grew up in a single single mom um, household and, uh, you know, you, you had this knack for entrepreneurship at an early age. But what was it like growing up for you? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my growing up, humble beginnings, to say the least. Um, definitely had humble beginnings. You know, a lot of people that see where I am now, I've had people on social media say, Oh, well, it's different for you. You grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. And I'm like, dude, you don't know the half. <laughs> I didn't even have a spoon tonight. Um, but, you know, for myself, my mom, she raised myself and my three brothers, or my two brothers, it was three of us total. And she did everything she had to do in order for us to survive. Uh, we moved from South Carolina when I was about three years old. And we were all living in one room, sleeping in one bed together, all four of us. Um, I'm the youngest of three, and my middle brother is seven years older than I am, and then my eldest brother is about 12 to 13 years older than I am. So, you know, big gauge, uh, big age gaps, rather. Um, but, you know, just imagine a three-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 17-year-old in a bed with, you know, a 36-year-old woman. It's like, whoa, and mom, don't kill me for telling your age. People are going to start doing the math. It's okay. Let's <laughs> But she did a fantastic job, and I've literally, I've witnessed her from being in that one room, one bed together, to her saying, okay, well, I am going to, to get this trailer. You know, I can remember my mom uh, being paid $5.50 an hour and literally working 96 hours per week. For the majority of my growing up until I was 12, my mom worked consistently 96 hours per week full-time jobs and multiple part-time jobs in order to make ends meet for me and my brothers. Um, so I definitely just love you for that, mom. And um, I just saw that work ethic, you know. Um, so again, I, she said, hey, I'm going to get this trailer. We got a trailer for me that was a huge deal. 
looking back now, I'm like, oh, I would never want to be in that situation. But it was the best she could do. And that's why I respect her so much. And then from the trailer, she's like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I saw her grind to get her car. And I saw her grind to be able to say, hey, I want a new home. She did all of these things. Everything she said that she wanted, we always make a joke. Like, hey, yeah, you did get that big screen TV. You said you were going to do it. You, you said you wanted to get that car. You were going to do it. So even the small things, I just saw her literally take every step that she needed to take into the point where she was, you know, more on the quote-unquote middle-class side of things. This woman grinded and bled to be middle-class, which is ridiculous. But, again, she instilled the things in me that I needed in order for me to be able to live a better life. And now I can... For my son, Legendary, I can lend him those advantages so he can, you know, fight to the next level. But I saw my mom pray and cry not to be evicted. You know, where she's like, God, I've done everything. I'm working. I'm doing everything I can, just praying for miracles and different things. And I didn't know how that really weighed in on me until I was a little older. I learned that I had money anxiety. And a lot of people don't understand that they have those anxieties around money where they have opportunities in front of them that they know they need to take. But they're like, hey, you know, I saw my mom struggle. I saw my dad struggle. I saw my family struggle. So I'm holding on to this money a little tighter than the next person would because in your mind, subconsciously, you're thinking that money is limited. That's what I was thinking this entire time. All throughout my success, I was thinking, let me not spend the money that I know I need to spend in order to get to the next level because who knows when I could be on the floor crying and praying because I don't want to get evicted. And that was the wrong mindset. So I got a lot of great things from watching my mom grind, but I got a lot of things that could have ruined me in leveling up also that I didn't know that I acquired. So that's my, my message for so many people that grew up in rough situations. Make sure that you distance yourself and understand that money is currency, currency is energy, Energy is limitless. Therefore, money is limitless. It's going to come to you regardless if you focus on the process. Hmm. So, I mean, just growing up, you know, again, with entrepreneurship, I sold my birthday cake, three and a half, four years old at my fourth birthday party. Nobody was eating that for free. You better have a dollar. I'm selling all my pieces of cake. Um, <laughs> I'm catching turtles and frogs. <laughs> I'm in the backyard. You know, we had a pond in the trailer park. I'm catching turtles and frogs because everybody else is afraid to go to the pond but I'm selling those for a dollar. And I said, oh man, I didn't spend any money on this and I'm making a dollar. This is, wow, this is great. This is nothing but profit as a little boy. And, you know, also, honestly, seeing my brothers do different things that might not have been legal, you know, <laughs> also has me in the mind of making money. But, you know, again, you take the good with the bad. And also, I can just remember all different types of things I did. I noticed, in elementary school that people had a different boyfriend and girlfriend every day. So I said, oh, okay, well, this is what I'll do. I brought a composition notebook to school. I said, meet me under the slide. I was the quote-unquote preacher. You had to pay me a dollar, and I would write your name down next to your spouse's name, and I would marry you under the slide. Hmm. If you were married <laughs> by me in my book, then you didn't really have a relationship. So I made myself the, the, the authority and you had to have a certified marriage relationship in my book back then, Elijah's book. So people were paying me a dollar just to date. And then I said, hey, they're breaking up every two days. 
you have to pay me two dollars for a divorce. This I was just guy. making money off of puppy love. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> no, this is good. This is good. But so, no, but but the reason why this this, this is so important. Um, I want to I, I pause here because. I'm listening to you talk about your story. You talk about the strength of your mother on, on one hand. And also you talk about habits that you picked up that you realize if you, if you had emulated would have been detrimental to your success, whether it's watching your brothers or, or um, you know, watching things that your mother did. I'm curious, though, how you learned that this was something you were not going to do because it's easy. You know, a lot of times when you grow up in, in a different environment and that, that, you know, you're not exposed to different things. You might just say, I'm just going to do what I know and what I know is around me. How did you break out of that mold? Did you have personal failures yourself? Did you get into trouble a lot? And did you then realize that you had to change? What was that turning point for you? Oh, for sure. So me being so much younger, you know, my brother, he had a lot of friends. These are real dangerous guys. And they would always tell me, listen, my name was EJ, my nickname. It would be like, EJ. You are going to go to school to be a lawyer because we're going to need somebody to get us out of this stuff. Oh. <laughs> they, were, they were literally wow. Saying, that, you're going to be a. That's like that's like the wire or something. That's like Stringer Bell. You, 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 back. Wow, that's good. That's <laughs> nice. Okay. So you, you know those things. I can remember. I and I want to keep it 100 percent transparent because I feel that it's owed to your uh, following. You know to hear this. It. I saw them, you know, smoking weed, different things like that. I can remember getting uh, computer paper and going to take grass out of the yard. I was eight years old. I'll never uh, forget. Took some grass and rolled it up in the, uh, the computer paper. It was huge. It was ridiculous. But I thought that I was doing what they were doing, what I saw them do. And they were the perfect example of do as I say and not as I do. Like, that, that was them. And you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I lit it up with a lighter and they caught me one day. They were like, what are you doing? Smoking some grass and a pay? I will kill you. Don't you ever, you know? <laughs> and it was my brother's friends too. Not just him, my brother's friends. They would come by the house and be like, you better not be over here being bad. So they caught me and they all rubbed me up, punching me in the chest, all this type of stuff. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be punched in the chest again. They said, don't do that anymore. I said, okay. As soon as they left, I did it again, <laughs> and we had a, a a wooden porch, and I was in the uh, kitchen, and I was on the back porch, had the kitchen door open, and I heard them, you know, their footsteps and everything, I heard them, like, on the porch in the front, I could hear them, and I'm like, oh, man, everybody get me, they told me not to do this, so I went, and I threw it out the window, or threw it out the back door, and I put a dry mop that was on the back porch on top of it. About 30 minutes later, the porch got burned down. <laughs> hmm. Everything caught on fire. And Ooh. my brother, again, man, you know, this, is, this wasn't a game. Like, they were in some pretty deep stuff. He literally thought he was trying to kill us. He was afraid. He was like, man, somebody tried to burn my mama's house down. Like, they were for real, you know, spending the night with shotguns because they thought somebody was trying to burn the house down. I didn't tell them that I burned it down until I was about 21. <laughs> that was probably the best thing you did. <laughs> I'm not telling that. I was afraid until 21. I was like, well, nobody's going to beat me up now. Yeah. So, you know, I, t I told on accident, really. I was like, remember that time I burned the port down? And my mom and brother looked at me like, wait, what? I'm like, uh, kidding, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh man, no, 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 but that that's interesting because you had those experiences. But um, talking about your turning points, uh, when did you when did you decide that you were going to have a different life? Okay, yeah. So definitely, what happened with me was I just at that point I wasn't old enough to run with them. But when I got old enough, they were all either locked up. Well, they were all locked up, and I was by myself out there in different places. And I said, "Hey, I've seen them do this." So I did get my hands on, you know, illegal substances and I did start selling illegal substances and, and I did so very well because I've, I've watched the game so much. Right. And it, at the end of the day, I made a lot of money doing it and I used that seed money in order to do legitimate things. And then I just, you know, ended up getting jammed up to where I got caught with some different things. Um, uh, I always fought growing up. That was my main thing. I was I was a little guy with a big mouth, and I came from a, a, a rough place, so I knew how to fight, so I always fought. I legit tell you no lie. I wish we could get on the phone with a million people that went to my high school. They'll tell you I fought at least five times a week. Oh, wow. At least. Wow. I, I, I fought all of the time, and I would go to other schools in other counties in other cities to fight. I'd be on MySpace looking for fights. It didn't matter. Like, so I was always fighting somebody for something, and it didn't matter how many times I beat somebody up, people would always be lined up to fight. It's just weird. I don't know. So hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I got into a lot of trouble, even fought a cop at school one time. <laughs> oh, man. And it did a lot of things like that. But then with, that's how I ended up on probation. And I ended up getting um, pulled over because I was on probation for fighting. And I had, you know, marijuana, gun, um, scales, uh, a large sum of money, you know, all these different things on me. And, you know, being a smart aleck, it's really funny because I was a rapper growing up. I was a thug. I, I wore, you know, size 44 waist jeans when I'm like a 28 waist. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a thug, right? But I also was in AP classes. So it was weird. To the point where when I would walk in, always wearing a do-rag, where the, the teacher had to tell me to take it off, I'd go to sleep in class, wake up, and score higher on the test than anybody else. Hmm. So being an honor student, but being from a single parent household, from the hood originally, but my mom got us out of there, but having that background was very shocking to them. And we, I was around people of different different classes, you know, uh, rich people, poor people, middle-class people, we all went to school together and everybody had their different judgments and things. But at the end of the day, I graduated with honors. So, um, myself going to jail when I got pulled over, that was my wake up call. I was, I was tough. I was, but after the ninth day, I was crying on that phone. Mama, please. Oh my God, please. I've been tough for nine days. I don't know when I'm going to get out. Please just help me, mama. Just stop. And that's when I woke up. No, I'm not. I can't. I can't do it like this because that money just oh wasn't That is quite the wake up call. Jail, man. Wow. <laughs> so, listening to your story, it is incredible. This is like uh, you actually watch TV shows based on these these type of stories. And you you, you know you you were in the hood, single parents. You came out of that. You were living this, this, you know, contradictory life where someone thought you were something, but you were the other thing, and then you were the other thing. And then you were just, you know, sometimes, you know, you said you would go look for trouble yourself. And then you had the jail moment, 
And what what was the what was your your path to legitimacy? How did you then become this this Air Kaita uh, person that you are now? For sure. So I get out of jail and literally, you know, my mom ironically got evicted because I was with her at the time when I was on probation. And, uh, you know, the cops came and, and tore her house up saying that they knew more weed was in the house, all this crazy stuff. But she got evicted because of that. And um, then she ended up, you know, going and, and living somewhere else with one of her friends and now, that made me feel very bad because I'm like, my mom worked so hard to get out of this situation and look at what I've done. Put her right back in the situation to where she's living in a room again, sobering. Um, so with that being said, I just decided to go ahead and go, go the straight path. And whenever I got out, I wasn't on probation or anything like that. So I was able to live wherever and I didn't have anywhere to live. So I was homeless for a very short amount of time where, you know, some nights I didn't have anywhere to go. So I'm like, okay, homeless shelter type situation. That's where I'm going to have to go. I don't even have any way to contact anybody to ask them if I could stay somewhere or anything like that. So I was in that situation. And then I up leveled, quote unquote, to sleeping on couches. And, you know, whoever would have me, I would stay on their couch. And I was doing that for a few weeks. And then I ended up scrounging up enough money to be able to live at a hotel. So I was in a hotel living there and, you know, the people that, that I was around were very shocked because even before that, the, the illegal part or, uh, or me getting locked up, I had a lot of success in business uh, starting a teen club. And as a teenager, I was making $20,000 a month. And then I ended up getting locked up and all of that goes down the drain. And I was spending that money anyway. Don't get it twisted. I was blowing that money. So when I get out, I have nothing, legit nothing. All of my mentors that were around me when I was promoting clubs and different things, they were like, don't spend your money on this new car. Ah, forget you. I just made this money. I'm spending it all. And I look back now and I'm like, I should just listen. And then whenever I didn't handle my responsibilities, of all I had to do was just go and take the drug test for the probation officer. That's all I had to do. And I wouldn't have been locked up. But getting out, not having any money, people seeing the success that I've had. And there were a lot of people that were around me whenever I did a lot. But whenever I got out and was homeless, those people weren't around. Whenever I was asking to stay on couches, there were people that didn't even know me in that time that would let me sleep on their couch. Whenever I got to that hotel, those same people weren't around. So right after I get out and I get into this hotel, 106 and Park calls me. And that was the turnaround for everything. Um, I had already auditioned a year before, thought they weren't going to call. They give me a call, and I did get out of jail for good behavior early. If I hadn't have gotten out early, I wouldn't have gotten this call from 106 and Park. I finally get my phone turned back on and different things like that, thank God. And I reach back out to them on Twitter, and they're like, hey, send me, literally in the DM, they're talking to me from their account, and they're like, send me your phone number. I'm like, all right, yeah. And they call me, and... I ended up going on 106 and Park, and I didn't even try to get on that show. I can't lie. Music wasn't my passion any longer. I didn't try whatsoever, and that was what opened my eyes to, man, look, I didn't even try, and I made it on the nationally syndicated television, a show that I watched when I was young, I am now going to be on. I didn't take that opportunity seriously. I was going out. I was... was, (laughs) Honestly, sky high when I got on that show. 
I literally had not prepared whatsoever. I took it lightly. And the main thing is I never stopped and thank God for that opportunity. I never stopped and said, God, thank you. I was just in jail. Then I was homeless. Then I was on the couch. Then I was in the hotel. And now I'm in New York. Don't even know how I got the money to get here to be on this show. And I think that was really why I didn't win on the show. I think that, I, you know, I lost because I never stopped and thanked God. And, you know, I've lost my way to a lot of wins. I've been a loser so much to the point where I've ended up being a winner. And I just have to thank God for that in this very moment. But after I lost on the show, I decided not to take that loss as a loss. I continued to rub elbows with the producers of that show. And I ended up literally getting the opportunity to move to California immediately. I, don't, I didn't know anybody in California other than a childhood friend that was from there who was back there. And I literally made the decision and said, you know what? I'm going. No money, no nothing, no place to stay, no anything. I went and moved to California. So I get there and I'm like, hey, man, like last month I was in jail. <laughs> and homeless and stuff, and stuff. And look how fast things happen as soon as I started saying, you know, thank you, God, after going on 106. I said, well, dang, I never thanked you. God, but thank you. And then I get the opportunity to go to California. And there, I just hit the ground running. I got a promotion job for the third biggest club in all of California. In the first 48 hours, I was there. Um, I just swallowed my pride or swallowed my fear, rather, and says, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to get this job. And I did. And things didn't pan out there, which were cool. I ended up coming back and living in Charlotte. Um, so whenever I came to Charlotte, it was because my mom was in North Carolina, not into Charlotte, but Charlotte was a big place and it has a lot of different opportunities. So I came to live on a couch, starting back over again in Charlotte. And that's really how everything started panning out as far as meeting the people that I needed to, to become the entrepreneur that I am today. Brilliant story. My goodness. Um, I'm reminded of that quote. I think it's Nelson Mandela, right? um, who's my favorite of all time. Nelson Mandela. And he says, I never lose. Uh, I never win or lose. Um, I just, you know, I either win or learn. And something like that. No, I never lose. I either win or learn. That's what it was. And, um, and it's, it's like you said. You say you didn't take that 106 in Park moment. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As a failure you figured out a way to learn from something. And so if you adopt that mindset of saying you never lose, you either win or learn, it's a much more optimistic view of life and a growth mindset that you can apply to yourself uh, that, that has a way to chart your next next step. Exactly. No, 
hundred percent. And now I look back and everybody that, that was from home that said, Oh man, you went up there but you lost. I'm like, Well, there's not one contestant that has ever been on one oh six in park that is now worth more than I am. So <laughs> I guess- <laughs> Hey, look at the air, air, air. He took his throat. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. That so that segues into what you do right now with the Forex company. Please explain to us our relationship with money. It seems to uh, to me that we are not having the right relationship with money that we should be, especially aspiring thought leaders and coaches and consultants and, and people that want to change their circumstances. How can we, we be better at managing money or having a better relationship with money? Definitely, 100%. And again, going back to the whole thing of money being currency, currency being energy, and energy being limitless. The first thing that people have to understand is let go of anxiety, let go of your past, let go of what you've seen in the past from people that raised you and anybody that was around you and really use money as the tool that it is. You know, I read in a book that at the end of the day, whenever you take oil or gold or any substance out of the earth, after a certain amount of time, the earth replaces that substance. And that's because there's this matter that says, hey, what's needed will be there. Now, look at that as God. What's needed will be given to you. So, you know, people that are like, oh, man, I see it left and right on Facebook. Oh, I'm crossing my fingers. They're, they're leaving the emoji crossing their fingers. Uh, Going to be a millionaire by 30. And they're 25. And I'm just like, hey, never rain on anybody's parade. But wake up. Because you're leaving the, the crossing your finger emoji. You need to undo those fingers and get to work. That's the problem. Everybody has these goals, but they don't have the process. Everybody's in love with money, but they're not falling in love with the process of making money. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we see it over and over. Everybody talks a really big game, but they're not like Kobe Bryant. They're not in there throwing up, you know, a thousand jump shots three hours before the game. They're there being the Allen Iverson saying, practice? We talking about practice? Yeah. Be <laughs> Allen Iverson. Have your skill set because God has given everybody skill. Allen Iverson had a skill set. He's right here in Charlotte, North Carolina today, and he doesn't have the money he's supposed to have. He doesn't have the icon status he's supposed to have because all he did was have his skill and not practice. He didn't have that process. Kobe Bryant had the skill and the mindset, and that's why he's at icon status being relentless, another one of my favorite books. But that's really the thing. That I need people to understand to use money as the tool that it is and stop marrying it. It does not care about you. Don't marry what doesn't care about you. It will come to you for my fellas out there that are all thirsty in these DMs. I know y'all. I see y'all. Y'all are thirsty. (laughs) If you you just take your time and, you know, finesse it a little bit, you'll be able to get the girl's attention much more than if you're thirsty. You're too thirsty for money. You're too thirsty to make the money. That's why I'm still running away from you. Just throw one little one little DM. That's it. You don't have to be too every day. You don't have to do that. You don't have to give money so much attention to the point where it is not attracted to you. You just need to have the process. You need to be the gentleman. You need to show that girl that you can take care of her and do everything that she needs you to do as a partner. And I guarantee you that money will come exactly where it needs to be. So that would be my advice is just to trust the process, believe in the process, fall in love with the process, and don't marry the money. Use it. Hmm. Trust the process, believe in the process, don't marry 
They're married the uh, the money, and and that is those are solid pieces of advice. I love the analogies that you use there, uh, because it, honestly, a lot of people think about the destination, but they they in the process they forget about being present, being you know doing what what you need to do right now to to become that person that you want to you want to achieve. You know, we're almost giving ourselves a way out when you said you cross the fingers. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, but you know, cross my fingers. Do the work. Put your head down. Understand. <laughs> understand. Um, where the, where the destination is, but don't don't you know don't lose sight of what's happening right now. And in that process, you doing that, this is you're someone who was in jail, was found in L.A. One Six in Park. You came back, and then you launched a forex company. What is forex, and how did you then just find out that your path, or one of your paths rather, was to create this forex company because it seems very different from everything that you talked about previously. Yeah. yeah I'm a Renaissance man over here. I just, yeah, you are. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm a Kaida. I got to do that. But <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's a very funny story on how I became a forex trader and coach. Um, first and foremost, forex is foreign exchange. Um, it's the foreign exchange market and what we do and what we teach people uh, at Generation Black, which is our company, my wife and I, we teach people how to trade in those Forex markets in order to be lucrative traders. Uh, it's something like stock trading, but instead of trading shares in stocks of companies, you're trading the currencies of nations, which is kind of like their shares in stocks. You know, you are betting, in the most simple form, you are betting on which currency is going to rise or fall at that time. And that's how we create income. Um, but Go to generationblack.com if you would like to know more about that. But <laughs> Definitely. Shameless plug. Whenever you are uh, asking about how I ended up becoming a forex trader, it's a very funny story. Um, I was very against multi-level marketing companies. And we are not a multi-level marketing company, FYI. But uh, I don't want nobody to hit pause and, and exit on that. We are not a multi-level marketing company, but... I was very against those, and I had a, a mutual friend on Facebook, and, and uh, well, he was, we had one mutual friend uh, between us, and I didn't know who this guy was, never met him a day in my life, and literally, he misspelled entrepreneur. Well, me being the person I am, I go under his status, and he's like, yeah, this entrepreneur, you know, I'm a, as a lifestyle, an entrepreneur, da 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 and I was like, uh, yeah, you misspelled entrepreneur. Granted, I'm sleeping on a couch. <laughs> I'm sleeping on a couch whenever I'm, I'm looking at this guy's lifestyle. He's driving like a Jaguar and everything. But I'm like, you still don't know how to spell entrepreneur, dude? So, you know, I leave that under there. And thank God that I'm an a-hole in that aspect. <laughs> I am a grammar Nazi. And thank God I left that message because he says, you're so smart. Why aren't you making money with me? And at that moment, my back was hurting because I'm sleeping on the couch, and I was on that couch. And I said, wait, why am I not making money? He's not as smart as I am. Why does he make more money than me? So immediately, I go, and I'm clicking through his page, and I see that he's in a multi-level marketing company, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I said, you know what? I'm going to send him a message. I said, hey, man, can you talk tomorrow? He said, yeah. I said, all right. I made 21 questions, like the old 50 Cent song. Mm. I wrote down 21 questions. <laughs> And I said, if he gets any of these wrong, I am definitely not joining his company. If he gets all of these right, then I'll join. 
So literally, I asked him two questions. And out of those two questions, he answered all 21. And I said, oh, okay, how much is it to join your company? He said, uh, $99. Now, I had a friend who was who grew up three hours away I grew up who ironically was in Charlotte and he had we had uh, uh, linked up and he's like oh man I didn't know you were in Charlotte and he kept coming over to my house literally like every night and he's like join my company join my company join my company and I'm like no I don't want to join your company dude like I don't want to be a multi-level market so finally I say you know what Destin that's his name I said Destin I'm going to do some research on these companies and Whatever company I feel that I can sell the best, that'll be the company I join. If it's your company, I will do it. So I have to thank Destin for opening my eyes and being annoying, so annoying, to the point where I, I said, I'll make this promise. I'll join the company that I feel works best for me. He said, it's going to be mine. It's going to be mine. But it wasn't his. It was actually the guy who I corrected. Didn't know him, but I joined his company because that was the company I resonated with. Uh, in about, I was working at Route 21, uh, <laughs> a clothing store, uh, for, for minimum wage in the mall. And literally two days after I joined, I'm like, all right, I quit it. I hadn't even gotten paid off of the company, but I had gotten so many people on my team already. I said, uh, I need to spend my time doing this. My phone went dead because it was buzzing so much about that company. I contacted some people. I said, no, I gotta go. And my boss was like, what do you mean you got to go? You got to go. You need a break? You need lunch? I said, no, I got to go. She said, oh, you're going for the rest of the day? You're going to come back tomorrow? I said, no, I'm leaving for good. And she said, now, Eli, that was my name back then. <laughs> she said, Eli, I, I know you're not about to leave your job over something that you don't even know pays out. It could be a scam. I said, well, I'm going to take my chances because I'm tired of working in the store and not living up to my potential. And she said, well, you know what? I'm not even going to put in that you quit. I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, she said, no, first she said, what about a two weeks notice? You're going to need a reference for your next job. I said, I'll never work again. She said, well, you're very sure for something that didn't pay you out. I said, yeah, you have to be sure sometimes. She said, well, I'm not going to put in the system that you left without a two week notice or that you left. I'm just going to say that you're on leave because you're going to be coming back in about a week and you're going to need your job. And I really like you. So I'm going to leave that door open. Hmm. About six six months after that, she contacted me begging me for a job. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, and I love her to death, but she did. And I said, oh, man, like, you remember when you told me, not to rub it in your face, but I, I didn't come back. Actually, I did come back, but what I said was, hey, what's your store goal? She told me, and I pulled the cash out of my pocket. That's what happened when I first <laughs> I have a cash goal in my pocket right now, and you told me that I wouldn't make it. So thank you for that. And, you know, what happened was there was a girl named Storm, who is now my wife, and she was in the same company. And she was a huge leader in the same city. And I hated her because we were in different teams. Everybody I spoke to about the company said, oh, man, do you know a girl named Storm? And I was like, yeah, why do y'all keep talking about this girl? Like, ugh, ugh. And I was angry, and I'm going to her page, and she was looking all good. But I was pretending that she wasn't, you know, and the meetings, they're bringing her face up and they're like, oh, look at Storm. She does this company. And I was like, man, she's basic. Like, why are all drooling over this girl? And they're like, she's not basic. She's not. I'm like, yes, she is. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get them away from her. 
So, um, you know, after I leave the meeting, my brother's like, yeah, you about to uh, message her, ain't, ain't, aren't you? I'm like, nah, I'm going to follow her, though. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend like she's not bad. But so what happened with her was she got into Forex trading when she was 16 and decided to do it full time. So she contacted me because we knew of each other, you know, through the, the previous company. And she said, hey, listen, I need to show you this. It's Forex trading. And I'm like, man, I'm making a lot of money. I'm good. You know, I, I live uptown. Da, 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 da. I'm on my high horse like I didn't just get off of a couch last year. I'm like, oh, man, nah, I'm making money. I'm making money. She's like, I'm telling you, you need to get into this. Just look into it. It's another source of income. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Go to her page the next day. She's posting a, a video of her making $1,700 in 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, big head. I said, hey, I was just kidding the other day. So she said, yeah. And she said, honestly, I'm teaching this to you for free because you have a big following and I'm wanting to get the word out about my coaching with this. And I'm like, okay, cool, teach it to me. So literally I'm downloading the program on my computer and it would not download to save my life. And literally I call her and we're on the phone trying to work it out. And the program takes three hours to download on my computer. And while I'm on the phone, I start liking her and I start kicking game to her. (laughs) And that's how I ended up asking her on our first date, Forex. Forex has me asking. Now what? Yeah, yeah Forex brought y'all together. <laughs> Forex, that's why we love it, baby. Oh my goodness! Uh, wow, wow, the Man. program not downloading exactly, and and I I thought she was an attractive girl, but it was just like all right, you know, whatever. But as we spoke on the phone, I'm like, oh, she's funny. Oh, she she laughed at my jokes. Oh, this is kind of cool. So I asked her on a date as this Forex program is downloading so literally if it weren't for forex we would have never well maybe we would have but not in that moment i would have never asked her on a date and then she then became my wife you know because of that so that's how i ended up trading forex my wife taught me everything i know about it and then you know i start trading and i'm like oh man I used to gamble at the crack house back in the day when i used to gamble in the hood playing poker so I was like, man, I think mindset is so important with this. I'm able to do it well because of my mindset. I remember playing in the, the sugar shack. <laughs> I remember playing cards in the sugar shack saying, I need to get up now. I don't need to be greedy. Playing poker. And that is the same thing that I applied to Forex. And so then, you know, she's like, oh, man, you're really good at mindset. And I'm like, oh, snap, I'm good at mindset. Your greatest skill, if we just bring it together, she's like, I'm already ahead of you. I already got the site made. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Dang. Wow. Because of my mindset, her killer instinct and skill set. Now, neither one of us is just Alan Iverson. Now, we're both Kobe Bryant together. So, that's how we started trading together and, and coaching together. Okay, Kobe. So, Kobe, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> now do you... Now do you uh, you, you you came together with your your wife, and then you you know you spat game to her. You you all decided to get married. You are now at a chapter where you're moving again. You're going to another continent, another country, or another country rather. So what what is the reason? Because life is to be lived. That's the exact reason. Because 
there are a lot of people out there that have family that they want to stay close to so they won't go and do what they want to do. No, you need to do that because you don't know when your life is going. Um, you know, we went and we visited Panama last month. And the first day we got there, we looked at one another and said, oh, yeah, we're moving. <laughs> so we thought to ourselves, let's just do it in October. And then when we got back to Charlotte, literally, and we love Charlotte, but when we got back to Charlotte, we looked at each other and said, no, nah, October's too long. We got to get back. So just because life is to be lived, that's why we're moving. Because God has blessed us with the opportunity to make money from our phones. So all we need is Wi-Fi, and Panama has that. So we're moving to Central America next month. And who knows, when we get off of this, she might look at me and say, let's do next week, and I'll be down. Because we can move our family whenever we would like to and still do what we need to do to make income. We went to Panama, and I think the turning point was when we went to uh, Portobello, and there were kids there literally still on dirt floors in huts. They haven't eaten in three days. These kids are hustlers. They are entrepreneurs. They remind me of somebody who used to uh, sell their birthday cake. They have a boat and they are charging you $6 to take you to a private island off of the mainland. But they're poor. They're poor, but they're doing anything that they can do to make an income. That touched us so much to the point where, you know, one little boy, and we didn't speak Spanish, so he's saying something to us in Spanish. And we had hired a driver who is now our lifetime-long friend and brother. And he's like, he speaks Spanish because he's Panamanian. So he's telling us what the little boy is saying. And he's just asking for a piece of watermelon. So we gave him all the food we had, watermelon, grapes, sandwiches, everything. And you should have seen the looks on their faces. And I was always one to say, we need to focus on the people that are in America. And then I noticed that whenever I got there, he corrected me, my brother, Isaiah, he's like, stop saying America. We're all America. I live in Central America. Some people live in South America. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. We're all American. So in the States, <laughs> I always said in the States, we need to focus on the poverty that's here before anyone else. But after going to Panama and seeing the joy and the impact that we can have and spread amongst those people, I said, well, no. In the States, there are opportunities that people in Panama will never see. And that's the difference. That's why my whole outlook on that has changed. Those boys in Panama, they will never see the same type of opportunities that the people that are impoverished in America have. So I know that, and I have been homeless, so I can say this. Me being homeless in the States, is a lot different from being impoverished in Panama. I can tell you that. So that is definitely a staple. And it was the apotheosis of exactly why we wanted to go. And it made us say, no, we are definitely going here. We mm. can impact so many more people here. Wow. So that's why we're going. That's, that's incredible, man. You know, and we're getting ready to wrap up here. But the, the, your story is so inspiring. And I love, I love the fact that you with you it's all about moments you know you, you have all these moments where you see things and they remind you about your purpose it seems like everything whether it's your mom's your mom's life your brother's life your the jail sentence going to california coming back the forex then the you know the, the correcting someone on facebook it's always something that gets you introspective and then you just take yourself to the next level even with your name change 
you know, it's an, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing process for you. You're always looking for a way to evolve, to be a better person and to be more enlightened. And I think that habit is ultimately is, is what I'm, I'm gleaning here that, that is, is the reason for your success because, you know, on paper, you're not supposed to be as successful as you are, but you have this endless source of energy to be a better version of yourself and to do good that um, it forces you to step out of your comfort zone all the time. Definitely. 100%. That is 100% correct. Huh. Um, okay. Before I wrap up, tell me, a little, tell me a little bit about how you started connecting with across cultures. You say you don't speak Spanish. So when you went to Panama, what was the best way for you to make sure that you, you know, at least bonded? Yeah. So... Actually, whenever we first got to Panama, um, and here's a moment. I'm looking at the Uber app, and it says Uber, or it says Uber English. And I'm like, like Uber, Uber English? So you're telling me that you're going to charge me triple the amount for someone that speaks English? No, I'm just going to choose regular Uber. But right before I pressed that, I said, wait a minute. Money's a tool. Why am I sitting here, and I don't want anybody listening to this to ever claim that they're broke, because that's a mindset. You're never broke, ever. Use the money to do and feel exactly what you need to do and feel, okay? So I said, you know what? I will feel better if somebody did speak English that picked us up, so we can ask them some questions, because we just got here. So I chose Uber English instead. Thank God I chose Uber English another moment. Isaiah pulls up. And this guy is fantastic. And again, lifelong friend now, like my, my little boy is calling him Keo, uncle, for real. Mm. So in the Spanish, but he knows Spanish and he self-taught himself English. And, you know, just by listening to, to everything, he said he just made everything English, everything on his computer, everything English. Yeah. So he translated everything for us because before he was with us, he dropped us off the first day and he said, hey, get, get, get WhatsApp and I'll come pick you guys up tomorrow and I'll take you to a beach that nobody knows about, a private island. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But we went into the mall by ourselves thinking, somebody out here speaks English. No, nobody spoke English. No, we spent literally two hours in the store trying to get a stroller and they did not understand what we were saying. We just wanted to get the stroller from the display. We didn't want to have to put it together and assemble it. And we cannot get them to understand that. Google translation couldn't do it for us, nothing. So we had to call one of our friends, uh, a, a guy that takes our Forex course here, and he translated for us on the phone. So every day after that, Azael, we paid him to be with us every single moment. So he drove us everywhere, he was with us everywhere, so he was our bridge everywhere that we went. So, you know, that, that's how we got through it over there. <laughs> no, but that's such that's a, 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 an important point, you know, and it is about establishing relationships, finding, understanding differences around you and finding commonality. Language was something that connected you. You saw the English, you know, on the on surface, it's like, ah, oh, man, it's three times as much. But then that ended up being a lifelong relationship where he serves as a guide to you, but also a bridge. And the other relationship that you formed was the one with someone that takes your course. That's the importance of community. That's what the digital world is. You never know where or when you might need someone or someone might prove, prove value to you by, by providing value to them now. And it's, it is, um, it's so interesting how life works, but it's, it's about, you know, making sure that you understand the bigger picture always. That decision 
to take Uber English over Uber ultimately led you to have a much better experience of Panama and in the and you chose long term success over a short term gain. Fascinating. Exactly. And and also with him, now we have started a tourist company in Panama. Ah, look at this guy. Boom. <laughs> you know, he's doing it. Oh gotta goodness. do it, gotta do it. All right, all right. So well, now the, <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say really quickly that the one thing that I did realize, nobody could speak our English and understand us with words, but every time we smiled, they smiled back. Mm. Whenever we opened our arms to hug, they hugged back. So guess what? That universal language of love definitely was a connector as well. So. I just wanted to add to that because it was so important to me when I thought about it. I said, hey, they're still smiling back, though. Everybody knows love. They're still hugging back because we're huggers. Everybody knows love. Well, love goes on. Love is that universal language. Man, and it smiles. That's incredible. It's incredible. Where can we find out more about you? You've got so many companies. So <laughs> which one do you want to put? <laughs> which one? You got tourist company now. But which one do you want to, you know, which one do you want to uh, plug? Definitely the Forex company because I feel that that is what's going to be able to help the most people get the most freedom. So Generation Black is our, our Forex company. The, the word black doesn't have anything to do with race. It just means uh, positive in, fi- in finance because, again, the, the word black in every other thing is bad, evil, dark, you know, all this crazy stuff. But in finance, you want to be in the black. That means profit, profit. And in the red is, you know, losing and making, you know, this deficit. But black is profit. So generation black, generation profit, generational wealth in all things. Now that's why it's called generation black. And, um, you know, you can go to generationblack.com. You can find me on social media, Air Keita, that's E-I-R-K-E-I-T-A. That's on all social media. Uh, again, E-I-R-K-E-I-T-A. Instagram, Facebook, but go to generationblack.com if you would like to know more about Forex and hope to hear from you guys soon. Awesome. I love that. I love that. And I definitely put that in the show notes. This is, this is, uh, such a great story. You're such a great storyteller. Um, I can't, I can't, uh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. I can't let you go though without asking you my final question. And this is my mission statement, right? I always say this all the time. This is why I do what I do. It's called use your difference to make a difference. So how do you air? Use your difference to make a difference. I use my difference to make a difference by living and showing my testimony. Mm. By being raw, unfiltered, uncut, and transparent, I'm able to reach people that otherwise would not be able to be reached. If I didn't tell the story of how I struggled with smoking marijuana, how I struggled with doing illegal things, how I've been there, those people that have done those things couldn't see, hey, I can do it too. I think it's very important that people, especially coming from where I come from, understand that they can make it out. So I use my living testimony, my difference in myself. Even whenever I'm coaching people, you know, I'm posting live videos of me smashing my own goals because the differences that I make within myself are inspiring others to make a difference as well. I like to see people, you know, at the store or something and just say, hey, you know what? I got that. I'm going to cover that at the grocery store randomly. Why? Just because. And then when they say thank you, that difference that I made, guess what I say? Make sure that you pass on. 
all, if you want to thank me, just pass it on. One day, I may be blessed, and somebody might say, hey, let me just pay for your groceries. And I say, oh, man, thank you. And they're like, you know what? Just pass it on. That's my wish. That one day, that ripple that I set off comes right back to me because that's what it's all about. All of us being able to just bless one another, making our differences, make differences in other people over and over. So that's the one thing I want to tell anybody that's listening in any sector that you're in. Be transparent because you're not alone in anything that you've been through. And people are listening that don't even know certain things about you. So I think that's the most important part. Wow. Using your livid testimony to inspire others. You're not alone yeah. with anything that you're going through right now. Wow. Love it. Okay. That's uh, an appropriate place to end, I feel. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show. This has been really, really fun. Thank you so much, Tayo. I do appreciate it. And thank you for inspiring me. I watch you. You might not know who watches you. Oh. But I watch. Okay. Thank you so much for inspiring me. Your consistency, your professionalism is just an inspiration all throughout, throughout. So thank oh, you man. so much for doing what you do and continue doing that because I'm going to continue watching. And I tag you all the time when people are asking questions. I appreciate that, brother. And, and thank you so much for, for what you do and for your transparency. I really, really appreciate that. But uh, this is good. I'm go I'll definitely let you know when this comes out so we can, that we can spread the word. But this has been fun. All right. Definitely. Thank you so much again. All right. Pleasure's mine. Ladies and gentlemen, Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 